trust in money remains the bedrock of stability. The soul of money is trust. I, I think we are not paying sufficient attention to the law of unintended consequences. In the immortal words of the doors, the time to hesitate is through. up dude happy to be here uh it's an honor i've seen seen some of your work and uh it's been uh it's been pretty cool you had opti on before me uh that that's interesting um it was an opti the first guest or something yeah man opti was uh was numero uno um (laughs) i think i'll say it to you off air like um I just didn't have the balls. I think I said it to you on when I was on Simply a, a few weeks ago. You know, I, I just didn't have the balls to reach out to Nico. I was like, no, nah, I mean, I need someone like that's, you know, prominent in the space. But but I didn't have the, yeah, I didn't have the cojones to go after um, after Nico. So I was like, I'll, I'll shoot for Opti. And there's no disrespect <laughs> to Opti. It's just like I figured because he's so damn optimistic all the time and cheerful <laughs> that he would say yes. So it was like a calculated move on my part. <laughs> uh, that, man, I hope I don't come off as intimidating or, or no. any of those things. Ah, oh, man, your show is fire. Like I watch it pretty much every day. <laughs> um, oh, you know, it's no. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm gonna show this to Opti. He's gonna <laughs> laugh so hard. Um, no, but it, it's interesting you say that, bro. Because I remember when I started, um, I would. I had the same feeling, which is like, holy cow, this is, you know, this is Adam Backer, this is like mm-hmm. Lynn Alden, and, um, you know, this is like just like the big, this is Preston Pish, like holy cow, um, and then you kind of like psych yourself out a little bit, but like once you get to know them, like they're just people, like they're just really really smart people, um never really had a bad experience with any of them. They're just people like the rest of us, man. They just happen to have these massive followings because they're just very, very intelligent human beings, you know? Um, but it's like, it's totally a psychological thing, you know, that, that like mental hurdle, but oh, like, a doubt. I, dude, just shoot out, like just shoot out a bunch of messages and you'll be surprised how many Bitcoiners get back to you. I, uh, I, I have been incredibly surprised um, this year you know 2023 doing the pod and yeah the the kind of response like yeah cool like i remember um it would have been christmas eve over here uh in australia last year and i was just scrolling through twitter just probably just before bed or something and i saw valis john valis pop up and he started following me for some reason and i was fucked if i know why and it was like a super new pod and i just oh actually yeah anyway I reached out and I was like, hey, do you reckon you'd want to come on this new podcast idea that I'm thinking about? He's like, yeah, man, that'd be cool. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's I, I get I get that it happens. It's just, as you said, it's a psychological thing, you know. Um, 
you're you, we're sort of talking in a, in a space that is full of hyper intelligent individuals that have many who have like contributed an enormous amount of value. I mean, you mentioned Adam back before he started in the white paper. God damn it. Um, you know, people like Preston Pish, I, 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 I just fell down that macro rabbit hole back in the day. And, and like, it's like their reputation precedes them. And then once you actually connect, as you said, man, it's like, they're just, they're just people out there and they they just happen to be in the arena. They just happen to be trying to do something that makes them happy that coincidentally makes a whole bunch of other people happy. And I don't know, I guess, yeah, you just sort of sometimes psych yourself out of, of getting in touch with these people. So I'd say back in the day, I was like, you know, it's a new project, a new podcast. I, I kind of need like someone to, to kick this start off, to kick it off, to give it some, some oomph and credibility. Um, but yeah, man, for some reason I pivoted and, and went, went with Opti. <laughs> <laughs> no, He's a but fucking it, legend, it, by the way. Yeah, I, I mean, dude, Opti, Opti's like my brother. Uh, he's so fucking funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I did the same thing. I started with like my Bitcoiner friends around me, and then you inevitably come to the conclusion that, uh, you know, you want to talk to the big names. You do. You kind of want to like pick their brain and just ask them questions about what they're working on and what they're doing because. You see them and I think as human beings, like we have a tendency to like build up a story around like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, other human beings based on their work and their achievements. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I know exactly I, I I've been there and I know exactly what that <laughs> feels like. So right on, man. Well, listen, thank you so much for spending some scarce time, finite energy telling us the tale of how you discovered Bitcoin. It's, um, it's an honor, man, to have you on the show. A big fan of Simply. And just a, just a quick um, thank you as well. You published one of the first Bitcoin articles I've ever written uh, on the Simply Bitcoin Substack uh, just recently about my Plato to Nakamoto, which um, elicited a decent response amongst at least the people that I know. So um, thank you for doing that, man. Of course, man. Like we, we always like to highlight other Bitcoiners in the community and just give them a platform. Um, and that's really what Simply is 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 all about. Simply Bitcoin. Uh, you know, we pride ourselves as you know highlighting the most amount of 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 Bitcoiners from all walks of life, especially on the live show, uh, the daily live show. And we kind of use that as a vehicle to. Uh, you know, get the stories out of because a lot of people watch the people tune into the live show because uh, they like the content regardless. And because their foot is already in the door, you know, we use that that uh, we use a part of the show to highlight Bitcoiners from all walks of life. And from my experience, they tend to tell uh, the most fascinating stories because mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it's not like it's not like the, the well-known Bitcoiners, it's not like their stories aren't fascinating. It's that you've probably heard their stories on a podcast before. <laughs> but for the everyday Bitcoiner, who's not really that well-known, uh, you've never heard that story before. And th the stories are equally as fascinating. You're just like, you're blown away. You're like, what? That is crazy. Yeah. Like, we just got um, on the show the Emmy Award-winning director of The Rugrats, this like, 
cartoon show that was very popular in the US. And he's a Bitcoiner. And he's like, I love Simply Bitcoin. I want to come on the show. So it's like, <laughs> no one knows who he is in the Bitcoin world. But he's going to tell an amazing thing. You're going to be like, oh my God, you're the director. So it's like, and, and that happens a lot, like a lot. So we pride ourselves from being, um, you know, w- w- not only one of the, like, not only one of the few shows that, that does that, but because of the fact that we release five episodes a week, uh, we do that, like, we, we highlight so many Bitcoiners from all walks of life the most amount of time, right? And we really pride ourselves in that. And we try to do the same with, uh, with our written content as well. So it was really, really our honor and our pleasure to have you on the show. And, you know, hopefully you'd love to come back in, you know, a couple months or so. Oh, yeah, man. It was, it was nerve-wracking, but it was, it was a lot of fun. How did you discover Bitcoin? How did I discover Bitcoin? Uh, that's a great question, man. Um, so in 2016, I was working a minimum wage job and I hated my life at the time. It was definitely a low. Um, and one day, uh, my cousin from Venezuela came to visit me. and. Uh, we were just having a discussion. We were talking and I said, Hey man, what are you doing? Like, what, what are you doing with your life these days? And he's like, uh, there's these like magic internet machines that just make me money. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's, that's effing crazy. So that was like my first exposure to like the idea of Bitcoin. And I just wanted to get out of my situation so badly that I just sold everything very few things that I had. I borrowed money from my mom, borrowed money from my ex-girlfriend, jumped on a plane, went to Venezuela and approached my uncle. And I said, Hey, you know, uh, can I work for you? And he's like, no, but I'll teach you everything I know. So I started working at his, uh, you know, at his Bitcoin mine, which he had with, with a, a bunch of his, you know, friends and clients. And 2016, 2017 in Venezuela, it was, kind of going through like this like high I wouldn't call it high inflation slash hyperinflationary period. Mm-hmm. Um so the government started installing capital controls. So they would essentially have the official exchange rate of what one dollar was to one Bolivar, but that wasn't the actual market rate. The actual market rate was a black market rate and the black market rate was significantly less. But your electricity bills would come on the official exchange rate, which no one was actually paying, like no one was actually exchanging the currency at that rate. Everyone was paying for it the black the, the black market rate. So it created a situation where essentially you were mining for free. Like it was wow. it was like basically for like like nothing. And then the like members of the government, like when we would ship the ship the machines from China at the customs, essentially what they would they would do is they would steal them for themselves. Like they wouldn't seize them. They would like straight up steal them because they realized that this one like S9, which was like the miner of the time would make them more money in a month than they would make in their government salary. So it just, it just became like this, like very kind of unstable situation on the ground and my big break came because I was the only American citizen. 
And I was able to bring some of my uncle's clients to the U.S. And we set up like this small mining operation in South Carolina. Um, and that went well. Oh, and then 2018 hit. Um, and then it wasn't so well. It didn't turn out so good. Um, then 2019, it started to recover, but um, had to end up going back to my fiat job. And then things started to pick up again. And then in 2020, um, I came up with the idea of simply Bitcoin. And I approached another Bitcoin at the time and I said, hey, do you want to do this with me? He agreed. Um, and then uh, I had a good friend of mine who we like forged this like relationship during the bear market of, of 2018 to 2020. And he ended up becoming uh, off of some advice that I gave him because he asked me, he's like, we are kind of like in this weird age group where like the millennials and the zoomers, like, it's like, you kind of come to this conclusion where it's like, should I even go to college? Like what's the value prop? <laughs> but our parents are still kind of, convinced that like if you don't go to college you're just going to be poor and i i i didn't go to college like i i did go to college but i dropped out and he was like kind of going back and forth in his head she's like should i stay in college or should i drop out i was like dude like like follow your heart like i did it maybe perhaps it'd be a good idea and he dropped out and he ended up becoming he ended up interning for um tftc and then he ended up getting a gig at Bitcoin Mag and became pretty successful at, at Bitcoin Magazine. And um, so we, we, we had this friendship and one of the panels got canceled last minute on the main stage. And he invited me to go on the main stage of Bitcoin 2021. I've never done a Bitcoin conference before ever. And... I was shooting my pants. I met, I was like, I met Max and Stacy backstage for the first time. Like I was like, like I scared them, I think. Cause I was like, Holy cow. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I saw sailor, like it was just absolutely bonkers. It, that was the conference where nine Bukele announced that they were making Bitcoin legal tender. So it was a very crazy moment in Bitcoin's history. And, um, main stage, I had the opportunity to talk about simply. And the idea was essentially, use the tools and tactics and trades that a lot of the altcoin channels use to grow and use it to, uh, you know, grow a, a YouTube channel, but make it Bitcoin only. And that was the theory and that um, ended up working out. So <laughs> fast forward a couple years later, just like, uh, you know, two year, to, now it's about three, three years and a couple months old. But those first two years of Simply Man, like, it was brutal, bro. It was brutal. We had to fight for every little subscriber, every little follower. And then about a year ago, when Opti joined, uh, the channel just blew up. Uh, like it, we we changed some tactics. We became a lot more aggressive. We took the show live, and the we started becoming cash flow positive. Um, our you know our, our revenue started to pick up, and it started becoming a business. And I was able to hire a lot of people. Uh, to join the team and just grow the media company, meet, grow the organization. So yeah, like that's essentially my, Oh, and then the other thing also, uh, one last thing is um, I, I always had a really good relationship with Corey, uh, CEO and founder of Swan. 
And we were going back and forth. Like he approached me and said, Nico, do you want to join? And it was the bull market. So I was like, no, I don't need, like, <laughs> I need a job. <laughs> and then the bear market hit. Um, and they had me doing a bunch of stuff at Pacific Bitcoin 2022. And Corey was already sponsoring Simply Bitcoin. In fact, he was one of one of our first like big name sponsors. Uh, and I I said, uh, you know, and 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 I asked him, I went up to him, I was like, dude, like I know I said no the first time, but like, uh, can I work for you? I'll blow up your YouTube channel. And uh, you know, he decided to give it a go. And then uh, you know, I've been working at Swan. It's gonna be, I've been working at Swan. Tomorrow I'll be working at Swan for a full year. Um, and I'm the director of content strategy. I, I manage their, uh, their YouTube and growth and all that stuff, but anything kind of video related, I have my hands on. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my overall Bitcoin story. I hope it, I didn't ramble too long. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all, man. It's, it's, it's wild how like just a chance meeting with your cousin, you know, just a few years ago, really, um, effectively changed your life. And, you know, the whole course of it, I mean, obviously you had a decent incentive in the fact that you were just hating life at the minute, you know, with that, uh, what you were saying, the minimum wage job. And you're just like, you know what, I got to do something different. I got to try something else. And, you know, uh, I think you've mentioned on the show, Simply Bitcoin, that your your family's from Venezuela, right? Or at least, yes. yeah. So you're kind of familiar. It's a little bit, I guess, easier to return home. But it's really cool that, um, you know, that you can do that. And then you just sort of just learn at their feet a little bit and just, you know, okay, let's see how this plays out. Um, there's obviously something in you that um, is curious, but also driven and ambitious. So like how, why do you, why do you think that you're open to this, to this discovery of Bitcoin? I mean, desperation and I didn't want to settle. I think like a lot of the things that you hear um, from, you know, just the people around you is like, you know, get a job, uh, you know, go to school, get the nine to five and, you know, and then when you're 70, hopefully you retire and blah, 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 blah. Mm. Um, And I, I like, I never wanted that for myself. Um, I, I, I wanted something more. I felt like I can get something more out of life. So, um, like despite all the odds and everyone, it's crazy how much people like, and I think it's just a projection of themselves, but like, it's just like, no, you can't do that. You didn't go to school. You don't have that, like, uh, perspective. You don't have that experience. Um, so I, I would say like, if you have a dream and you're willing to put in the work and like really suffer and like go through the trenches and the universe is going to ask you like, how much do you want it? And if you persevere, I think that things are kind of structured in a way like life is structured or like the universe is structured in a way where like, if you really work hard for your dreams and you manifest them, um, I think anything is achievable to be honest with you. Um, so like, yeah, man, like that's really what like motivated me. It's just like, just like, I wanted more. Like I, 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 you know, like I felt like I wanted, I wanted to get something out of, I wanted to get something more out of life. 
And, uh, you know, this opportunity just happened to fall on my, on my lap. And then my intuition was just like, Nico, go for it. Like full, <laughs> full, full 100%. And, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, so I, I'm just, I'm super glad and happy that, you know, I'm, I'm able to talk about Bitcoin every day. Like that's, it's, it's, it's freaking incredible. It's a lot of work, but, but yeah. Yeah, I mean the hustle's out of control. What you guys do, just just a daily news show, you know, just to try and maintain the currency. Obviously, the space moves incredibly fast, and if anything, there's actually too much going on, you know, to try and keep up. But having said that, to produce a, a daily show like that, I so I come from like um, uh, sort of like the traditional legacy media background back in the day, and I sort of sit on this like halfway point between. I remember thinking why are there so many gatekeepers? Why can't anyone just enter a space and start, you know, broadcasting or creating some content or whatever it is. But at the time when I was having these thoughts, not a lot of the technology kind of existed. Obviously there was the internet and podcasts were kind of super nascent, you know, around the time that I was graduating uni and stuff. And I just always was like, you gotta, you gotta, there's gotta be an opportunity here to do this for yourself. But at the same time, you know, you, you kind of, ah, just stick to the comfort rails of, you know, entering the, the, the legacy media workforce and becoming a journalist and all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, I've sort of tread this really odd path where I'm like, ah, man, I, I fucking hate this, but also I don't know how to actually get out and do it. And I must admit the Bitcoiners having since sort of entered the space, you know, back in 2019 or so, uh, and seeing how they do it is just so damn inspiring to just be like, they're just, they're just like you said, you just, you literally started a media company, bro. Like that's what you've done. You've just gone, yeah, cool. I'll just, um, give this a go. And I'm so damn hungry and I want it so much that I'm just going to learn on the job and get it done. And I admire the heck out of that man for sure. Well, I I, I really appreciate that. Um, it's uh, <laughs> uh, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Um, or maybe maybe actually not 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 everything <laughs> yet. But let's just say that there's fires Touch wood. that you have to put out. Uh, there's a lot of people that your relationships change because what I've noticed is um friends family and and stuff like that it's a very painful lesson for me they root for you but as soon as you achieve some type of success um the relationships start to change a little bit um and then envy starts to grow in in some people um and that to me was honestly one of the hardest lessons um but yeah man uh Super, like I said, super blessed. Um, we still have a, a a whole lot more work to do. Uh, you know, we're we're very hungry and we we want to grow. We want to make simply, you know, one of the, uh, you know, one of the, uh, uh, you know, one of the most well respected um, media companies in the space. And we're we're running our asses off and working our asses off to to try to do that. And and God willing, you know. Um, God willing, we could, uh, you know, potentially pull that off. Um, 
but we're all we're all working really really hard to to achieve that but uh but yeah man it's it's uh I guess if you really want something, man, and you're and you don't and you don't give up, I think people underestimate how far they can go with their lives if they're really to if they're willing to endure the pain for um, extended periods of time. Definitely, it's that it's that short term volatility that you got to overcome. You know, it's like Bitcoin itself. You've just got to eat glass, eat rocks for a little bit, and um, you know, work as hard as you possibly can in order to come out the other side um, with a glimpse of what it might be like, you know, um, you, you got to do it, right? You got to do it. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, there, there's no other way. Like proof of work applies mm -hmm. to life. Totally. Um, and the more you apply proof of work to life and the more you take personal responsibility and you don't make excuses or you don't make uh, kind of, uh, justifications, uh, for yourself, like why you can't do certain things. Um, the it's, it's surprising how much, oh, and also take your emotions out of it. Cause a, a lot of people get, um, like whether it's like, whether it's just like discussing with partners or, uh, businesses or, you know, getting ignored or stuff like that. I think as human beings, we have a tendency to take, to take it personally, but the, the less emotions you take out of the equation, like the more emotions you take out of the equation, um, it's crazy how things change. Uh, like it, it's, it's so much easier because <laughs> I, I think most people just there, most people are like, like most 99% of people aren't malicious. Right. So like, it, it's not like you're being ignored or it's not like, you know, or, 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 you know, they don't want to come on your show or they don't want whatever. It's just that like, they're just, there's, there's something else going on in their life, you know? And I think that if, if you remove the, don't take things personally and don't get emotional about things, it just saves you like so much energy. <laughs> like, I wish I knew that in the beginning because, you know, it was kind of bumpy. It was like, oh, this person doesn't want to come on my show or like, wow, like, I don't know. Like, how are we going to even do this? And like, how are we going to do that? And it's just crazy what happens if you just put your head down, get to work and keep going, you know? Most definitely. There's a lesson there. That's, uh, that's some wise words, brother. Well, how has discovering Bitcoin changed you? Um, I mean, so it's given me my career. Um, it's given me, uh, I think hope for the future. Um, and it's changed my mindset uh, completely. You know, I think the fiat mindset is like very, very, um, it's very, very, uh, it's very, very nihilistic. It's very, yeah. it's, it's very depressing, dude. And I think it's toxic almost. 100%. And the Bitcoin mindset, like it, uh, it, it gives you optimism for the future. Like you have the opportunity to kind of think long-term just cause you know that like, if you stack, like your savings are just going to, if you stack, you have sufficient income where you're not spending your stack. 
um, you know that your savings are just going to grow over time. So it's not a matter of like, can afford, can I afford something? It's a matter of like, how long do I have to wait for, for me to be able to afford something, you know? Um, so like, yeah, it's, it, it completely changes your outlook on life. You know, like, it's like, you don't have to worry. I see this all the time. It's like, how am I going to retire? It's like under Bitcoin, like you could be Ubering or you could be working a minimum wage job. And if you're putting a little bit on the side and you do that for 10 years, you're good. Like you're yeah. going to be ahead of 99% of the people around you. So it's like, it's this like one in a lifetime type of opportunity that I think people are still kind of asleep to. But I think anyone who truly discovers Bitcoin really falls down that rabbit hole. And they're like, holy cow, like, you know, this, like, what, like, what is this thing? This is crazy, you know? And then not only does it give you like hope for the future, you know, financially, but also I think spiritually in a way, dude, like it, like, in a way, it kind of connects you back to reality, back to the universe, because the money that you're using is anchored to the universe via proof of work. It's anchored to reality. And I think fiat money is inherently not anchored to reality, which is why I think you get all these horrible things out of it. I think fiat brings out the worst in people versus Bitcoin brings out the best in people. I reckon. I mean, yeah. I, I couldn't actually agree more. And one of the things that baffles me in this current moment where we're sort of, you know, on the cusp, we're, we're sort of transitioning to, you know, uh, like the world adopting Bitcoin. It may take 10 years, 30 years, 50 years, 100 years. I don't know. But we are kind of on this, on, on this sort of cusp of it. And right now there's sort of like this dichotomy between um non-bitcoiners and bitcoiners and the non-bitcoiners have this view of of bitcoin or bitcoiners as like i don't know just aggressive psychopathic um you know uh selfish individuals that just want to get rich right like that's the really superficial um view of of this space but anyone that just pays a little bit of mind to what a Bitcoiner is saying, or perhaps even how they're acting, how they're being in the world. It's completely antithetical to to that perception. And, you know, that that description of hopefulness and the ability, just the ability to retire. I mean, I heard a stat the other day that if you stack about 900 bucks worth of Bitcoin, AUD, um, the conservative estimate is that by the time you need to retire, say you're, you know, like in your late thirties or something, you know, mid thirties, you can retire reasonably comfortably in the next 25, 30 years. And you'll, you'll, you sort of, you'll be okay. And that kind of stat doesn't make sense to a, to a, a non-Bitcoiner, a, a, a pre-coin or whatever. Um, the, the, the sense of hopefulness in people's i mean god damn it the the ambition that it takes to just yeah start a media company like you have even this podcast man if it wasn't for the sort of ability or the the freeing up of a little bit of time and bandwidth in my life i wouldn't be able to do it like because i'd just be constantly having to do something else to just try and make ends meet and uh bitcoin allows me that little extra time in the week to to spend 
reaching out to people and having these chats. It's, it's wild. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I, I've heard that so many times, like, it's just the, like the, um, the, the connection that Bitcoin gives you the, 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 like it, it gives you, it gives you access to this like community, so to speak that is just absolutely you're, you're like talking to some of the like the brightest people on planet earth mm-hmm. and you have like a reason to speak with them like you know it's like phallus case on like it just the name like there's so many like they're just they're just absolutely brilliant they like blow your mind uh like rabbit hole conversations and you have this like type of community that you're able to to reach out and to speak with them. Um, and it's, it's amazing. And, and the community is so welcoming too. Like it, it, like Bitcoiners get like this bad name because like toxic maximism, blah, 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 blah. Um, but that's not true, man. Like Bitcoiners, like <laughs> I think they're some of the most helpful people I've ever met. Helpful and kind, you know, generous, um, generous too. So it's like, Oh, you need help with this. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, you BTC sessions, he's got your back, you know, it's every tutorial you want, um, oh, yeah. you can think of on every single product you can think of, you know, so, or, or, or software. So yeah, man, it's, 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 it's super awesome that we have this community of like war fighters that are all really fighting for, you know, the separation of money and state, the peaceful revolution. And you, you know, you make friends along the way, you make some, make some, uh, uh, you know, you bump some heads sometimes, but you make some really, really good, uh, good friends and, you know, good business partners and all that stuff. Yeah. Life's nothing without friction, right? A hundred percent. What have you learned about the world and more importantly about yourself since discovering Bitcoin? Uh, what have I learned about, uh, let me see where I should start. Um, what have I learned about the world? Um, I think Bitcoin inevitably, it makes you ask questions about, I think it makes you ask the most important question, which is what is money? And the moment you ask that question, it starts to lead you to question a lot of other things like the relationship between the individual and the state. Uh, governments, uh, the legacy that what they call the mainstream media, but it's not really mainstream media anymore. I'd call it legacy corporate media, Mm. um, which is really just another hand of the government. If we're being honest, (laughs) totally, um, these international organizations that, you know, either through movies and whatnot, or like, oh, it's the United Nations. It's like, oh, it's the world health organizations. You're just like, I don't think they really have my best interest at heart. Um, and you start to like kind of look at the world from a very, very different perspective. And all of a sudden you start to question the very idea of, of uh, you know, in the book, The Sovereign Individual talks about this. It's, you start to question the very idea of the nation state. Like what is, you know, what is the United States? It's like what, like, and of course, I'm speaking from an American-centric view because I'm from, like, I live here. But, um, 
you know, why is the federal government so powerful? Like, you know, and of course it's, it's because they have a money printer, but it's, it's like, what do I get for paying these taxes? <laughs> like the inflation tax and, you know, this literally like what a, a quarter of the year, you know, that money's just gone to a government that's just going to use that to fund another war halfway across the world of which you don't agree with. Um, and like, but wait a second, if I'm paying taxes and they can just print the money, why am I paying taxes? And then that makes you start to ask questions. Like, did you know that the income tax was established the same year that the federal reserve was established 1913? Like that's not a coincidence, man. (laughs) So, so like, there's like things like that where it just kind of makes you open your eyes about what is money and what is money makes you ask question like what is fiat food you know what is politics what it, what are governments um and then what i've heard from a lot of people um is that i've seen people uh non-spiritual people become more spiritual since they've adopted Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's something really powerful there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's essentially, you know, in El Salvador, like, every, it's like, it, it's not a coincidence that in El Salvador, the president is the most popular president out of every, at any country in the Americas. And that's the first country to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. Why is that happening? Well, it's obviously happening because they fixed the base layer of society where the base layer of society right now, it's broken. It, it, it's misaligned, meaning politicians are not aligned to work for their constituents. They're aligned to work for the money printer. So to defend the money printer and to get as close as humanly possible to the money printer. Under a sound money standard, politicians only way of raising money is to go through their constituents and convince their constituents that they need this tax because if it wasn't for this tax, this thing wouldn't get done. 99% of people would not agree, Mm -hmm. but they're able to spend more money than they have, which they use to enrich themselves. Some of them do because of the money printer. Right. It's, it's like how these politicians who are on a government da- salary worth hundreds of millions of dollars, the money printer, obviously. Now, I think your second question was, what is Bitcoin? What, what, what have I discovered about myself? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I ran into Bitcoin at like a pretty, like I started my Bitcoin journey when I was like 23, 24. So I was already kind of like in a, moment of of my life where i was i was um i was i i I, you know like i said i dropped out of school i i didn't really focus focus on my career like really really like put like take it seriously until that age So, so like i don't i think i i can't really disconnect with what i've discovered uh what I've discovered about myself through Bitcoin versus what I've discovered about myself being an entrepreneur and trying to build something out of nothing. Um, and I think being an entrepreneur 
I think I've discovered it. <laughs> like, holy fuck, bro. Um, it's, it, oh God, it's just, it's, it's, it's just like, it's this constant battle of like, how bad do you want it? Um, and that's really showed me a lot. Um, and at the same time, I think maybe to answer your question, um, the things, what I, what I realized about the world, maybe you could say those things are discoveries about yourself and your perceptions of the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think just, I grew up my, my, you know, almost a third of my life I've lived on a Bitcoin standard. So like it's, it, it, you know, like, it, um, I think I, I, I would say that I, I, I switched to, I got out of the, the fiat matrix, um, in a relatively young age. So like, it's very difficult for me to be like, um, like, um, it's very difficult for me to, to be like, like, Hey, do you remember like how it was like when you were banking or when you had loans and whatever, like <laughs> I was in my, either my late teens, early twenties, like I didn't have any of that stuff, you know, like, but I'm not saving for retirement, bro. Like what is, I don't have, I don't, they're saying Medicare. Like, I'm like, bro, I'm not going to get met. Like, like the, there's like the, the tax benefit, like the, what is called the IRA or something like that, where you can like defer taxes. I'm not fucking doing that. Fuck that. <laughs> you know? So it's like, like things like that, but it's just because like my generation got so screwed. Like it, we're the first generation, the millennial generation was the first generation that is poorer than their parents. Yeah. And the zoomer generation is even more effed. Right. So I have less opportunity. Bitcoin is my only option. If I have any type of opportunity to prosper and to, you know, leave a, uh, leave a better life for my kids. Right. So, so yeah, man, I mean, that, that would be my response to that. That, that discovery of being an entrepreneur is, um, is such a unique, like it, it's the baseline of all civilization, right? Like the entrepreneur, it's going out and, you know, um, trying something new, sort of like serving people with something that you think may be value to them, valuable for them. Um, but you can't decide that only they can decide whether or not it's valuable. And, and if it is valuable, then what you do as an entrepreneur is you effectively help shape and create the future, right? And we have this, um, strange view of entrepreneurs, highly successful ones. Let's just take Bezos for an example. Um, where he's apparently an evil villain because he's just in it for the profit motive or like all of these companies that are just like the, the inflation story is the one that grinds my gears so much, particularly once you understand just the insidious nature of inflation. But this idea that like massive global corporations and companies and corporations can go fuck themselves. Like they, they've got some legislative loopholes that they can leap through and really fuck things up. But the point is, is that the profit that they make at the end of all of that is a testament to the amount of value that they've created. And that's just them getting back some of that risk that they took in the initial stages. And yet the story is spun that they're just like, you know, um, evil, greedy, selfish, people um you know fleecing everybody for every dollar they earn and it's like oh no 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 not at all 
No, that's that's the state. That's what that's that's you know that's how that's happening. Um, it, it, we we kind of got to transition away from that, and I guess we will once we sort of move ever forward to the to the sort of Bitcoin standard. But I like the idea of like you know the the kid working minimum wage who's not really thinking about retirement and stuff, and that's just sort of like a pipe dream. On a Bitcoin standard, they could just chuck a little bit aside or maybe not even have to chuck a little bit aside because their purchasing power will appreciate year on year um, to the point where they could literally stay in that gig and it would be okay. They could, you know, raise a family. They could have a life that was respectable and comfortable and, you know, they don't have to be entrepreneurs and change the world. They can just... They can just do their do and it like it's it's cool, you know, no worries. We need burger flippers, we need people to stuck shelves, we need posties and all that sort of stuff. And ah, I just it fiat just fucks up so much stuff, and then we don't get as many nice things as we possibly could. Uh that's just hundred percent. <laughs> no, 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 hundred percent. It it fucks up it fucks up so many things, man. It like they've stolen our time, our future, our energy. Like it, it's, it's horrific. Um, it, it, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's disgusting what they've done, bro. Like I, 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 it, it like, and, and the gaslighting, you know, the gaslighting is through the roof. Like there's videos of just Biden and, and Yellen and just completely gaslighting oh, the, yeah. The like, just like, like turkeys you know, are like, cheaper this year than they've ever been, or something like that. Recent yeah. videos, like that's not possible. No, but they're fucking lying. They're just lying, and then and 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 then you're just like, what the f like, what you, like, what is going on here? This is absolutely nuts. Um, and then you just get mad and you get upset, and you're just like, bro, like, and then what they do too also is that they they divide you with. The, the political parties and like everyone I think naturally has like a certain political ideology. Um, like, you know, whether you like kind of lean a certain way or you lean another way. And I think that as long as fiat is a thing, it, it, politics essentially becomes about like who controls the money printer. And I, and, I, and I really believe that if you remove that altogether, I think politics become irrelevant. Uh, and, and that's ultimately why I see that Bitcoin is this like great unifier. Because even with like a communist or like say like a hardcore like, you know, conservative or, you know, just the, the extremes of both the left and the right. I've seen this before where it's like a commie Bitcoiner is talking to a hardcore Catholic Bitcoiner and they have Bitcoin in common. And I think that like, if you fix that aspect, uh, it, 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 look, do you think that if politicians didn't have the ability to print money, they wouldn't be able to promise people things. Right. So they want to be able to promise you free health care. They want to be able to promise you free schooling, which is it, it, it's just it's it, it's absurd. Like the only reason they're able to do that is because they print the money. But essentially, when they're printing the money is it's like free health care. So let's say they hand you a five dollar bill. 
at the same time, they're taking $100 out of your back pocket through currency debasement, right? So I, I think that it's just like, it's, it's really like people have every right to be upset, but they're looking, they're looking for a political solution where the solution is to vote with your wallet, vote with Bitcoin, take, take, buy Bitcoin, earn Bitcoin, mine Bitcoin, and take that Bitcoin into self-custody. And then that's truly what will fix the system. Not voting. Voting's just going to be like, it's going to go back and forth. Like it's gone for years, you know? Um, so yeah. It's, it's like a, it's a giant um, circle jerk. And, and once you put that orange sort of lens over your eyes, so to speak, you know, things become that much clearer. Um, there's this content creator in Australia, Jack Tui, um, very well-meaning fella, you know, like creates some really cool, short, sharp, you know, ready for TikTok slash real kind of um, content, identifying problems like, you know, extortionate house prices and stuff like that. And he did this three-part series a little while ago where he was outlining the problem and, you know, showing that house prices have, have skyrocketed for this much and the quality is bad and blah, 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 blah. And then, like, in the end of part two, the part two video, he's like, in part three, we're going to offer up a solution. I'm like, oh, this is going to be really interesting. And I remember um, chatting to a friend about it. I was like, 100%, I'll put money on this. His solution will be a political solution. Like, it'll be the state must do something more. Governments need to do this, that, and the other. And lo and behold, part three comes out, and he's like, there's not enough houses. Government needs to build more houses so they can house more people. <laughs> I was just like, oh, man. Like, you're so directionally correct, and then you just fall off the cliff. And it's, it's not your fault because it's so difficult to just point at the money printer, at, at this sort of ex nilho creation of, of, of capital, you know, out of nothing, pull the future forward so much, like 6 trillion during 2020, 6 trillion. What's that? 33,000 years times six. I don't even want to think about that. It's, it's, it's an insane amount of time that you've just thrown away in the space of 12 months. Um, you say that to someone as, as like a solution. I remember reaching out to him and sort of being like, Hey man, you know, we should, we should chat. Um, you know, I, I, I think that you create great content. I think that you're directionally correct, but you're missing the mark, man, on, on the solution here. And he just went on some like conservative, you're, you're, you know, conservative, um, capitalist and you're part of the problem and blah, blah, blah. And this, this sort of, on this reply and I was just like, Oh, okay. Like I can't, I can't help you, man. So it's like, how do you get through to those people that are directionally correct and yet constantly just appeal to, you know, the authorities to fix it, even though they've created the problem. It's like the firefighter and the arsonist. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent, bro. You mentioned uh, the sovereign individual and uh, just this, there's, it's, it's one of the best books I've ever read. I remember 2020 was happening. I just went down this massive rabbit hole of searching for what the hell was going on. You know, and Bitcoin is all across Twitter and stuff. They're mentioning the fourth turning, the sovereign individual, blah, blah, blah. So I'm, I'm getting all these books. One of, the best, uh, one of the best lines in that is about the cows growing wings. You know, like um, the fact that microprocessing and, and communications make it, 
uh, enable an individual to sort of choose where to work and transact across the internet and the uh, the threats of physical violence is what it says. In cyberspace, the threats of physical violence that have been the alpha and omega of a politics since time immemorial will vanish. In cyberspace, the meek and the mighty will meet on equal terms. Cyberspace is the ultimate offshore jurisdiction, an economy with no taxes. Um, you know, and then the state has grown used to treating its taxpayers as a farmer treats its cows, keeping them in a field to be milked. Soon the cows will have wings. I mean, we saw with the ocean announcement, with that decentralized mining that happened just recently, um, the the people at the bleeding edge of this space within Bitcoin moving to places like Costa Rica and El Salvador, you know, and setting up their businesses in there. They've still got to deal with some meat space type things, but you can see this playing out. And you can also see as with you were saying, the gaslighting is like the angry, the, the, the state is like an angry farmer, you know, and it's starting to take these desperate measures to sort of, I guess, prevent the herd from escaping. Um, and it may even get increasingly violent. I don't even know how this, this all plays out. But um, one thing I wanted to ask you that's not really on my list of questions is like, because of that, because of that sort of aggressive means that the state is sort of, you know, tends to defer to, as a, as a public Bitcoiner, how do you kind of reconcile that in your brain? Are you just kind of... Is it something that goes through your brain that like, you know, well, they could make an example out of Nico and simply Bitcoin. You know, I have no doubts that Elizabeth Warren being the, the just the disingenuous person that she is, uh, to put it politely, is, um, you know, like you, every now and again, you get these people being made examples of. I don't know. How do, how do you reconcile that being a public figure within Bitcoin going on every day telling these people that they're just lying assholes, which they are? Um, and sort of putting yourself over the target like that. It's a great, so look, I refuse to go back to use a money. I refuse to use a money that another man can create for free. Um, I think by the day, more and more people think like me. And by the day, less and less people think like her. I think that they're in a race against time. I think the more time progresses and the more people wake up and they hold Bitcoin and they benefit from Bitcoin, it will become a politically unviable stance to be anti-Bitcoin. Yeah, it, not only from a political, like a traditional state sense, um, but yeah, to be a public figure and not to be Anon, um, you know, is definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it comes with its pros and it comes with its cons, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, thankfully, I live in the United States and, you know, we have the right to bear arms here and I absolutely love guns. Um, and we are, our speech is protected by the First Amendment. So I could say things here, um, obviously, that are not calls to violence and all that stuff, but I can criticize uh, certain parts of, about government and individuals without any fear of uh, 
political retribution and and stuff like that. Now, things are changing as the fiat system continues to implode and they have no choice but to censor. They have no choice but to uh, further in con- further increase the control of government just because of the pace at which things are breaking down and the wealth and the the pace at which wealth inequality keeps rising. But again, like I really, you know, as an immigrant coming to this country, um, it's very unique, man. I I I I lived in Europe for a while. I'm familiar with it. Uh, and a lot of other countries, they have a very strong central government. And the central government usually dictates the laws for the rest of the country. The U.S. It has a very strong central government, but the states have a lot of individual sovereignty, and they get to dictate a lot of their own laws. So, you know, the... In California, marijuana is legal. In Texas, marijuana is illegal. I'm just giving you one example, Mm -hmm. right? In California, they have a state income tax. And in Texas, they don't have a state income income tax. So what that does is it creates competition between the states. And when different jurisdictions are competing for you and your business and for you to move there, you win, right? And I think we're going to start seeing that on a nation state level. As well, I, I do believe the book, the the theory from the sovereign individual, will play out on a global scale, um, and I think that, and I joke, I joke about this with Opti all the time. Like we're gonna try to hold it down in the U.S. for as long as possible, but hmm. you know, if all else fails, we're just gonna move to El Salvador, right? Like, and we say it as a joke, but you know, there could reach a moment where the U.S. federal government does make it illegal to take self-custody of your Bitcoin or something like that, especially if they get pressed into a corner. But again, because of the individual rights of the states, because of the First Amendment, because of the Second Amendment, uh, even though you know the constitutional rights are being eroded by the day, but because those things are so enshrined in the culture, in the background of the country, um, there will always be this like rev- like this this re- this re- uh, rebellious spirit mm. you know and as long as we get one state to just like look bitcoin is legal tender or you know we're protecting bitcoin there's a ton of states that are passing those types of laws right um i think it's going to be very difficult for the federal government to really kind of rein this in i think it's going to be a war i think it's i, I think that there's going to be an inevitable like clash of two freight trains hitting each other at full speed. I think it's inevitable. And the reason I say that is because U.S. sanction policy, the weaponization of the dollar, which the U.S. government gets a tremendous amount of power from, basically dictating which countries can use dollars and which countries can't use dollars, completely gets circumvented by Bitcoin. So if I'm Iran, if I'm Russia, if I'm China, I can use Bitcoin to transact. We're not there yet, but theoretically you could do that if you're one of those countries. And here's the thing, you can't stop it. So eventually the administrative state, eventually the American bureaucracy is going to come, going to have to come to terms with that 
And the thing is, I don't think they're ever going to try. They're ever going. That pill is way too big to swallow. Right. So I think that's where the clash is going to happen. Um, and I think we're starting to see little like inklings of that with the, you know, the DOJ press conference with Binance last week where they essentially mentioned Binance and terrorism a million times or the fake Wall Street Journal article where they basically said that Hamas raised millions of dollars uh, using crypto, even though that turned out to be completely bull completely bullshit. And then Elizabeth Warren used that as a tool to uh, tap on the treasury. Uh, and then the treasury circumvented the legislative process using the Patriot Act to try to basically shove down the throat of Americans, these laws that would make it so that every single use Bitcoin wallet address would hypothetically have to be reported to the FinCEN with every transaction. Like it's so ridiculous and it's so obvious what they're doing. Uh, but I think ultimately they're going to lose because Bitcoin's the best money the world has ever seen. <laughs> I don't have Opti's uh, soundboard with the bars, but I would press it if I could. <laughs> normally uh, around this point in the conversation i ask you know how do you explain bitcoin but you do a pretty damn good of job of it every single day on simply bitcoin so i'm going to skip over that question and i would recommend if anyone does want to find out how nico explains bitcoin go and watch the show but i'll end it with this we'll bring it we'll bring it into land with this question which has become a little bit bit of a favorite of mine uh, in the last couple of episodes what does Bitcoin mean to you? Um, life, opportunity, optimism, uh, peace, prosperity, wealth, love, um, opportunity. That's what I would say, man. That's what Bitcoin means. It's it completely changes the uh, the equation. It completely changes the way that human beings are going to live on this world, and I think it's going to make the world a much much better place, even for the people that are against it. Um, it benefits everyone equally. It's 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 a mutually it's it's a it it's it's a mutually beneficial system versus the fiat system, which is a a system that benefits a few at the cost of the many. Beautiful. Nico, thank you so much, man, for sharing some scarce time, finite energy, telling us the tale of how you discovered Bitcoin. It's uh it's a damn honor to have you on the show, man, and I appreciate you for taking the time. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show. The honor's all mine, and uh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Just <laughs>